Hello, this is a Jay the Shark and Friends and Russell mm, and Russell podcast. And on today's first ever lockdown show, Joe Barnes. We've been trying to get Joe on the podcast for the last few weeks. It hasn't quite worked out. It just so happens that now we're all locked down that we've managed to work out how to do our podcasts on Skype. We didn't know before, but we like to do them face to face. But anyway, this is our first ever social isolating podcast that we're doing with the lovely Joe Barnes. Now, Joe is not only one of the coolest people I know, she's also bloody awesome. Uh, Joe's amazing, originally from the UK. She came to Phuket around about maybe six, seven years ago. Interesting story of what she did in the past and what she wants to do in the future. And if you're looking to start your own lifestyle online business, she's the person to go to. Maybe I should talk to her. Hmm. I uh, hope everyone is staying safe. Remember, stay inside, stay safe, and don't have any more babies. Because that's what happens when people stay inside. They boom boom a lot and you get more babies. The baby boom is coming. Enjoy the show. Hi, Joe Barnes. How are you? Hi, guys. How are you? Mm. I've got coffee, so I'm fine. <laughs> so let's, um, All right. Let's start the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I'm just mo- I'm just changing rooms, so I've got good internet, and I'm here. Look at that. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Joe's very professional. She has um, right now. She has a headset on, and there's a whiteboard behind you, and everything. This is proper. You are. I'm liking the headset. Office set up. Hello, Joe. Hello, Jay. Hello, Russell. How are Hello. you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm stuck in the office. Bored. Uh, are you? Oh, yeah. hold on. I just dropped my piece of paper. Are you making notes? Yep. Okay, yeah. I'm back. Okay. No. So, um, so this is our first ever podcast that we've recorded. Um, virtu- it's not virtually. It's the wrong word, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, we are doing it. Yeah, virtually. Well, it's, it's online, virtually. Yeah. Virtually online, depending <laughs> on where Joe goes to get her internet down to the corner of the street. <laughs> um, so it's going to be interesting. So we apologise for the sound quality and, and anything else, but pretty much we are still trying to do stuff to make you happy because if you're anything like me, you're pretty much bored of the whole virus thing and being stuck at home, and life sucks. So we're bringing a bit of sunshine into your ears. Love it. Oh, good. um, Thanks for joining the podcast. Tune in next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Have a good day. (laughs) So, um, Joe, tell us about yourself. Who are you and how did you get to Phuket? (laughs) Um, Okay, well, that's a loaded question if I ever heard one. Uh, My name is Joe and I am a... um, uh, a wife and a mother and can an entrepreneur. For a second, uh, is your computer moving? Or are you on a bouncy chair? I'm on a I'm on a ball. <laughs> are you record- Is this a is this a video podcast or an audio podcast? No, it's audio, but the Skype records it in video for some strange reason, and I extract the the audio from the video. It's a frigging pain in the ass, to be perfectly honest. It's oh, much better to talk face to face. Just, just yeah. um, we need to talk so I can, you know, give you some guidance on this because uh, there's another um, app called Zoom that you could use. I told you, no, that I'm records, going to you. That re- yeah, records, <laughs> records the audio straight for you, and you really don't have to do too much messing around. But anyway, fear not. Uh, let's. <laughs> um, Anyway, so yeah, I've been in Phuket around ten, nine or ten years, and I'm here with my little family, my hubby and my daughter. And uh, what brought us here was ten years ago we were really miserable in the UK because the weather was terrible and it was really miserable, and so we left. Whereabouts in the UK were you originally from, young lady? Uh, we were. I originally was from down south in West Sussex, a place called Bognor Regis. <laughs> Butlins. That's where I grew. I worked at Butlins. I was a red coat. Oh. Oh, I yes. was a red coat at Bognor Butlins. Perfect. This do you is still Russell. have the coat? Russell, questions. Do you still have the coat? I do not have the coat. 
<laughs> I do have lots of incriminating photos of me in said coat, but I do not have the coat anymore. What did you just explain? What I, so you were a, a, an, an official red coat at Butlins? For those who are non-UK listeners, what what is Butlins and what was a red coat? Butlins is a holiday camp. Um, and uh, so it's a place where people would go and stay for a week or so and you had all your usual sort of, you know, swimming pools and restaurants and stuff like that. But it was, if anybody ever saw Heidi High, um, I guess if, we're, if you're from around the world, you're not going to know Heidi High. And um, <laughs> hello, campers. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Hold on, was it in India? <laughs> my Welsh accent. Oh, sorry, Welsh. They, they sound the same. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, and uh, we used to have like family games and, you know, we used to do shows and singing and snooker competitions and sports days and have dress up as big characters and sing happy birthday to people and greet people in the restaurants and all that kind of stuff. How long were you a red coat for? Two seasons, a summer and a winter. And How I did, I did, winter? I did a New Year's Eve thing with the guys from Bucks Fizz. If you remember Bucks Fizz, no, right. oh, making your mind up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was re- it was good fun. Yeah. What? No. What did you do with Bucks Fizz? Did you pull the skirt off and everything, or not? No, what? we just we all got on stage and danced and sang and got all the people up on the stage and you know just did a big New Year's celebration with with all the Bucks Fizz guys. And, and how old were you when you were doing this? I was 20. Wow. A couple those, of years back then. Yeah, those were the days. <laughs> those were the days, yeah. yeah. Well, I should just clarify for the American audience that are tuning in, when we say Redcoat, you were just someone there to help and guide and be friendly. You weren't there to sort of shoot people, maraud over the country and take the place over. <laughs> no. Just, no. Just, because yeah. the Americans, when you say red coat to an American, it means something very, very different. So I would just, you know, in the interest of clarity. Yeah, we did wear a red coat, though. You did, <laughs> you did wear a nice big red coat and, uh, yeah, and your, and your white shallots. Shallots? That's an shallots. onion. onion. Shallots. What's Don't you remember shallot? shallots? God, we are going back some 27 years here, guys. So... <laughs> God. So for those that don't know, Butlins was anti-French. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> they were, there's a skirt that's like trousers. What, a shallot? Yeah, it's called a shallot, isn't it? There's trousers that's actually a skirt. No, yeah. they're called skorts. No, no. Years ago, they were called it's shallots. Like a, it's like a spork, which is a spoon fork. It's called a... No, I've got, I've got, what is it called? It's a short, I'm, short I'm Googling skirt. it. I'm Googling it. If it's only got... there was somewhere we could find out. Siri, yeah. Siri. Now we should say that, uh, okay, so you were a red coat of Butlins. Now I understand why, why you're such an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was actually part of the job description. Have you found your scorts? I'm sure they're called scorts. No, well, they are called scorts now, but in my day, they were called shallots. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, that's just that's just a posh onion. Don't even go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sh- shallot. I can't find it. No, you're right. It's all coming up as onions. But I'm telling you, in my day, they, it was something like shallot or something See, like that. So someone told you that to take the piss. And just believe them at the time. And you've carried that through for the last 20 plus years. And if they're at home now, tuned into those podcasts, they'll be fucking wetting themselves. She still thinks it's a fucking shallot. <laughs> I'm so looking that up later. Right. So, did you was when you was at school? Did you want to be a red coat? That was your dream. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And um, when I came out of school, I started singing, and uh, I was singing in a band. And I went in for a karaoke competition, and an agent came and signed me up to a um, another holiday camp in Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> and I was it wasn't supposed to be a holiday camp in Bristol. I was supposed to be going on tour with this, um, uh, with, funnily enough, oh, God, how ironic how things turn around. I was signed up by an agent to go and audition in Bristol to go on a um, nationwide tour with a Bucks Fizz tribute band. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I couldn't do it because I was too tall and I was taller than the two guys who were in the Bucks Fizz tribute band. And so I just unfortunately didn't fit the bill. And funnily enough, when I was about nine years old, I didn't get the part of Sleeping Beauty because I was taller than Prince Charming. So my height has really gone against me over the years. But anyway... So I was too tall to be in the Bucks Fizz tribute band. So I got a job as the like uh, singer and dancer at this caravan park in Bristol. And when I left there after a year of doing that, I decided I wanted to continue my career and went and became a red coat of Bogner Butlins for a year. When you when you say when, when you, you say, say caravan park, park yeah. <laughs> it was a holiday camp. It was <laughs> yeah. I lived in lived in a tiny little one horrific caravan and it was awful and it was like a, it was like an oven in the summer it was like literally you'd walk in there and roast until you left the caravan it was terrible anyway that like was my experience huh do you like dags dags russell's making a reference to the snatch i was waiting for him to do that and he's yeah he's done oh it. is that the brad pitt whatever it is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. russell yeah. This is the part we do edit out, Joe, when Russell does that. that those bits get canned. The rest of the in. So, okay, we've really gone back. I love this. So, you were a, I've heard you sing, actually, and you have got a hell of a, a voice. But you, do you sing much anymore or not really? No, not now. No, no. No, well, get too give old. Us, give us a quick rendition. Supporting my daughter now, my 13-year-old, who's got a gorgeous voice, who's following in her mum's footsteps. She's got a beautiful voice, trying to she's encourage got, her to <laughs> get out of there. I do not want her to be a red coat of Bogner Butlins. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. The, I, do you know what? There's, I did holiday repping for almost 15 years, and there's nothing wrong with it, Joe. It makes you... Look what it's made me. Look how <laughs> many, <laughs> yeah, look, what, look where we've ended up. We've done yeah. so well. <laughs> awesome. What a great start in life. <laughs> so, okay, so from you, so Bogner Regis, my ex-girlfriend used to live in Bogner Regis, or close by Bogner. Oh, hmm. Anyway, um, so what then, where did you go from, from being a red coat in Bogner? What was your progression up? So what was, you, what was you doing before you kind of, you know, came to Phuket? I went to, my dad encouraged me to go for a job with a company called Apollo Leisure back in the day as an assistant manager for um, theatres. And um, because I'd been a red coat of Bogner Butlins, um, the guy that interviewed me just thought that was absolutely fabulous. Um, and even though I had no managerial experience whatsoever, because he just loved the fact I'd been a red coat, instantly employed me on the spot, which was really amazing. Um, and so I went and became... Say, say what, Russell? Who would have thought it? I know. Crazy, crazy resume, um, which is why I tell my daughter all the time, don't even worry about your blimmin' school exams. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's amazing what life experience will get you. Am I not allowed to say that on a podcast? Well, no, um, I've, got, I've got issues because I've got, I'm homeschooling with two monsters at yeah. the moment. And it's a when you said you've got issues, you could have stopped it there. <laughs> I know, homeschooling is a nightmare. Anyway, um, so I went and became an assistant manager of a small theatre in um, Middlesex. And then I worked my way up to general manager of a very large theatre in Sheffield. Um, and while I was in Sheffield, I then decided I wanted to start my own business. And at the age of 31-ish, became an entrepreneur. And that's it. I've been running my own businesses ever since. Russell, you got a question. I can sense it. Oh, uh, okay, I will quickly pull one out of my ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> any any particular reason why theatre, or was it just that just happened to be on the table at the time? Uh, it was just it was on the table at the time, but of course I, it was entertainment, and I was very much into singing, musicals, dancing, drama, all of that kind of stuff. Always had been all through school and, and college and all the rest of it. Had, had done had done theatre studies as one of my A levels and English oh, okay. language and all that kind of stuff. And so I was very much into theatre and entertainment and shows. And in fact, I'd always remember at 14, um, my parents had taken me to see Starlight Express at the Apollo Ooh. Victoria in London. Starlight Express, you must confess, are yep. you real? Yes or no? This is going to go on for a bit. Okay. Starlight Express. <laughs> that we edit out. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to that. I've been trying to get my daughter into Starlight Express in the last it's week or so. It hasn't fabulous. worked. Fabulous show. Yeah, oh, it's a fabulous show. And um, so yeah, I went to see that when I was fourteen, and when I was twenty-four, I was the deputy general manager of the Apollo Victoria, where it was showing. Excellent. 
So I take it you were more sort of like the operations in terms of just the, the, the management of the establishment rather than being involved in the productions that were going on. Yes. The funny thing was, is I wanted to be on the other side. I wanted to be involved sure. in the productions. And I spent years, um, like, talking to escape. production guys. And No, I didn't want to be in the production, but I wanted to be part of the the production team, you know? Oh, my God. Uh, me roller skating around the flood, that would have been absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Oh, Starlight Express, the comedy. That would have been. <laughs> Jerry, yeah. I've got an idea. <laughs> I've already written it down, mate. <laughs> Oh, mate. Yeah, very funny. Um, yeah, so no, I did. I spent I spent many years talking to different people, but it just wasn't to be. That wasn't the way my path was going to go. Okay. So you decided to can it at the tender age of 30-something and set up your yeah. own business. What was that doing? Uh, it was in property back in the day. I started messing around in property for two or three years. That's where oh, I met my... Well. My now husband, <laughs> he was also in property. Um, no, I was doing lettings, letting out properties, um, you know, apartments, that kind of stuff. It was just, it was right at the time where city centre apartments were suddenly becoming really hot, hot mm. prospects. And, yeah. um, and I, I didn't want to go into property or anything. It was literally that I really wanted to start my own business. I'd been running other people's businesses as a general manager for years. And um, I, w I had a strong work ethic and I wanted to do it for myself. I knew I could do it for myself. And so um, the, I was just looking for an opportunity, not really knowing what I wanted to do. And um, I, I read a book that just said how to set up your own lettings agency. And so I thought, oh, well, that looks like an interesting thing to do. Let's go and do that for a little while. Okay, and this was still in Sheffield, or you moved from there? Yeah, no, that was in Sheffield. Yep. Um, Is that where you met your partner, or are you together by then? Or no, I met him. He was living in Nottingham at the time, so he's originally from Australia, but he had come over to England. He was a football coach, and uh, he was coaching um, the youngsters at Nottingham Forest. And then he had left Nottingham Forest to set up his own business, and that's where we met. I never knew that. Yes. Wow. Hence the podcast, Jay. <laughs> well, I know. It's good, isn't it? We should talk more often. This is I mean, amazing what happens when you talk to people. I mean, I, I'm enjoying the coronavirus stuff at the moment because it means I don't have to go anywhere near anybody and I can stay away. And I love that part of my... I mean, even now in 7-Eleven, it's great that people are away from me. I love it. But I never knew about the Nottingham Forest stuff. That's interesting. So yeah. Just, and what, what years was he there? Oh, God. We're going back. How long have we been travelling? We've been travelling 10 years. We were running a business five years before that. So you're looking at 15 to 18 years ago. Okay. So early 2000s. Far out. Mm -hmm. How did you two um, um, meet? meet? I had a really good friend of mine who was a neuro-linguist. No, what was he? A, neuro a master in neuro-linguistic programming or something. Anyway, um, and I was all about the whole go, go. And, go and develop your mind. Uh, and stop, stop there for a sec. Jay, it's to do with speech. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> it's, to, it's to do with how you think, actually. It's to do with the brain and opening your mind and being more positive and, you know, being able to control your emotions and control your states and all that kind of stuff. And it's really good stuff, actually. Um, and I had a good friend of mine who was like a master in it. And, I, I, and he was also, he used to coach, he used to mindset coach football players. So he knew Rhett. And he knew me and he knew that Rhett had just gone into property and I'd just gone into property and we ought to meet. And so we did. That was easy. <laughs> so he set up his own business doing the same thing, but in Nottingham. Uh, yeah, something similar. He was into yeah. investments and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So I was doing lettings, he was doing investments and it kind of matched for a little while. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was, okay. that was that was that, and then the recession happened. Two thousand and eight happened, um, and basically, you know, literally killed the property market overnight, as you know. Um, and uh, we were just pretty much done with everything. You know, we were just really fed up and peed off, and we'd put in a lot of work into our businesses, and we'd lost quite a lot in a very short period of time. Um, and we were just sitting in Ireland. I never forget it. We were sitting in Ireland. It was freezing cold. We'd gone over there for a weekend. I can't remember why. And we were sat outside this little ice cream shop on a on a park bench, and it was absolutely freezing. And we were sat there eating ice creams. And I turned and said to Rhett, honey, 
you know what? I've always wanted to travel um, and we're so peed off with life at the moment. Why don't we see if we can find any house sitting opportunities, you know, anywhere in the world, but not in the UK. And it just so happened that the following weekend, I went to an event in London and met up with a really good friend of mine, Daniel, who was a onstage speaker and who was running businesses completely online. All his businesses he was doing totally remotely so he could work from anywhere in the world. And he had an apartment in Cyprus and him and his girlfriend were going traveling in Europe for the summer and wanted somebody to go and stay in their apartment in Cyprus for six weeks while they went traveling. And I phoned Rhett um, from the, uh, the foyer of this London venue and said, honey, how do you fancy house sitting in Cyprus for six weeks? And by the time I got home on the Sunday, night he'd put our entire belongings on Gumtree and within one week we were gone the following Saturday we were on a plane and we were in Cyprus brilliant <laughs> which part of Cyprus the northern or southern Paphos Paphos which part of West Cyprus West. the northern or southern I don't know my geography is terrible <laughs> Paphos <laughs> Paphos is on the southern side talking Turkish <laughs> Oh, we, went to, we went to the Turkey border, actually. We went, no, the yes, we went to the Turkey border and saw the little the towns and everything and what had happened through the through the, um, the struggles there. Um, well, I think we did at one point. Yes, I'm trying to remember. Uh, starts with L. Did we go to a place starting with L? Well, Limassol. That's the, the Limassol. That's the, main, that's the main town in the south. Yeah, exactly, Jay. Yeah. yeah. Capital, which is divided, and if you go over the border to places like Famagusta, which is in the north, oh wow, it's it was two completely different worlds. Yeah, Russell, why do you know so much about Cyprus? Because my parents lived there for four years. Oh. Just out, they lived in a little town called Episcopi, which is just outside Limassol, and a good what? friend of mine from Where? school lives Episcopi. in Episcopi. Episcopi. It's a little village in Cyprus, just outside Limassol. Sounds like a medical experiment to me. Now, I've heard, I've heard of Famagusta, so I'm wondering whether we went there while we were there. Would we have done a trip to Famagusta, Russell? Is that likely? Probably would have done, yeah. If you did the day trip into the north, that's one of the places they take you. It's stunning. Mm -mm. I mean, there's, there's nothing there, it's just, but it's stunning because of it. So. But Cyprus itself is stunning. I mean, we were down in Paphos and we were near, we were living in a place that were re really close to some sea caves. Yeah. And um, you just had all the way through the summer you had bl cloudless blue skies consistently every single day it was just the most consistent temperature and you know place i've been to i think when when so, i've traveled it's amazing so not entirely dissimilar to sheffield if we're honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely i can totally see the resemblance yeah right so when you're house sitting you're just you're just staying at that so you weren't earning money during house sitting you just stay at someone's house we're staying at, we were staying at somebody's house and that's when I decided to try and set up a business online so that we could continue traveling and be able to work remotely. And what um, was the choice of business? Oh, that's somebody's phone. Who's that? That was me, sorry. <laughs> um, well, at the time, again, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do and I met lots of people and networked a lot online and Facebook was in the early days of Facebook pages for business and I started to immerse myself, having come from a business and corporate background, I started to immerse myself in how to use Facebook for business and I began to teach people how to use Facebook for business um, and I created a business from that which got very, you know, very successful pretty quickly, went really well. And so you were in Cyprus at this time? I was in Cyprus as we started to build that. And then we went to Australia because that's where Rhett's from originally. So we went over to Australia for a little while via Thailand. It was my very first footstep into Thailand, two weeks up at Maikau. Had never been to Thailand before, never wanted to come to Thailand because I was convinced that all of the women here were absolutely tiny and I was going to be like a massive heifer lump. And I, it was like my worst nightmare come true. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and loved it. The minute I got off the plane, I remember, I just remember the feeling. I got off the plane and we were staying at a really dodgy little place in, near Nayang. And 
the, the Rhett took me to, he, he had already come here to start Mai Tai boxing for a few weeks before we came out. I'd stayed, my mum had come over to Cyprus and we'd stayed in Cyprus a few weeks. Rhett had come here before me. He'd checked out the area on a moped, all the rest of it, booked the hotel. And the night we got in, we went onto the beach and they, that was when there all used to be the restaurants along Nayang Beach. Mm-hmm. And we sat on one where you kind of sat on a bench so you were kind of like you know not on a proper chair you were almost sort of sat on the sand and they came out with like chicken and kashuna some penang curry and all the rest of it and I remember sitting there thinking oh my god this is like the most amazing place in the world and this was like at about 11 o'clock at night and the temperature was amazing and the water was washing up on the ocean and I remember thinking oh I love this and I just loved it from the minute I literally set foot on Thailand soil so did you carry on to Australia or was that it? Yeah, no, we stayed here for two weeks. The plan was to go to Australia. We didn't have a lot of money at the time. Um, so we were going over to stay with his mum and dad for a few months. Um, and we did that. And then we, um, the following, <coughs> following April, I did a big launch for my business and it went really, really well. And then we, um, we were back in England at the time. We were down at my mum's and then we left and we came back to Thailand. And then we pretty much stayed here on and off from then on then on in we, we kind of stayed here we went to Australia we started traveling around a bit staying in different places seeing the world we've gone to about 30 odd different countries in the last 10 years now just traveling around and seeing places um, and now we're just waiting for Keris to finish school we're just literally waiting for her to finish so that we can get rid of everything we own don our backpacks and head off again but to be fair you've already mentioned that school and exams are pointless so really <clears throat> It's her, Russell. I have tried to convince her to leave. I have talked to her repetitively about the opportunities out there of life experience over sitting in a classroom doing exams. She is a little social animal and she is desperately worried that if she comes travelling with us, she will not have her friends around her. She's an only child. She won't have her friends around her. And that is why she wants to stay at school. And so I've said to her, okay, look, we'll give you two years to do your IGCSEs. If you want to do your IGCSEs, you can do them, but you have to commit to going for it because a work ethic is important no matter what she does, whether I agree with exams or not. So I've said to her, okay, we'll give you two years to do your IGCSEs, but after that, you're coming traveling with us for at least a year or two years before you make any further decision on further education or what you want to do with your life. Fair to be though, I mean, travelling with your mum and dad isn't as exciting as travelling with your friends or your mate or your partner. So we I think- are so exciting. We're such an exciting mum and dad, though. She I've- totally disagrees. I think we're the most yeah, exciting people on the planet. I've, I've seen you two in various states of <laughs> alcohol. And I'm not sure it is that exciting hanging out with you. I mean, <laughs> if I remember rightly, a few weeks back, you could barely stand up. I so wish that I could have remembered what that Erasure song was. I really do wish, because it was mine and Berkey's favourite Erasure song, and I couldn't remember what it was because I'd had too much to drink. So, a few weeks back, I DJed... Sir, it was my wedding day. No, 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 that's fair enough. So, let's explain. So, a few weeks back, you got officially married, and you had an amazing wedding. Um, So, you decided to do something very different, and you did the wedding during the daytime, so everyone was drinking from about 9 a.m., no, from 12. 9am. So I <laughs> and I was supposed to be DJing the night bit. I got there, I think, about lunchtime, and I wandered over to see, say hi to everybody. You were all blottoed by the time I got over there, which was about <laughs> 2 in the afternoon. And I wasn't coming on to about, I don't think, 8. And I was thinking, my God, there's no way these guys are going to survive. And you were amazing, though, because you kept going. And in all fairness, you did ask for this Erasure song, and you did what all people do at weddings. Oh, can you play that Erasure song? And I'm like, Which one? Oh, you know. Famous, the famous Erasure song. I'm like, they're quite a big band. They've done a few songs. Which one do you want? Well, you know, that famous one. That, he, he likes that one. I'm like, oh, mate, this is ridiculous. I, so I didn't have it. We tried Just- so I hear you calling, oh baby, please. Don't you give a little respect to no. me? Can I just tell another story about that wedding? Actually, now oh, on the, um, please don't. Okay, I won't, yeah, I won't embarrass you too much. On the tables, you had laid out lots of little um, sparkly jewels and stuff. Oh yeah. Now, I went, because uh, my daughter was doing an Egyptian project, 
And I saw these little sparkly jewels at the end of the night and thought, you know what, I'll grab a handful of them because they will make a oh, little... they weren't mine. They, I had lovely jewels and somebody no, else no. came and spread all those out on the table. Oh, they were not the mine. So I grabbed what I thought was beautiful jewels, put them in my pocket. The next day I woke up, <laughs> I said to my daughter Zahara, I said, look, I've got these jewels for you. Took these jewels out of my pocket and they weren't exactly the nicest shaped jewels in the world. They were small penises. <laughs> and I put a load of small penis jewels in my daughter's Egyptian project, which then went to school. <laughs> and then I had to apologize to the teachers and I say, I think I've got them all, but you might find some small penises in my daughter's Egyptian project, which they did. <laughs> I got a couple of teachers came up to me after and said, oh, here we go. We found these. I think you want to take them back. I think you'll find that was your good friend Donna Toon, who had ordered those small penises for my hen night, and they hadn't arrived in time, so she'd brought them to the wedding and spread them everywhere. I remember my friend Lauren wandering around with them all over her chest. <laughs> oh, that was a good day. That was a great day. A really so good just, day. We, Joe and I, we met when you, when you first came here then? That was a few years ago. When did you actually first arrive on the shores of Phuket? Oh, well, years and years ago, but when we settled here was when yeah. I met you at RPM, do you remember? Um, at the Royal Phuket Marina, and um, so that was, God, five years, five years ago? Yeah, it must have been. Ish. Kara started at BIS at grade five, and she's now in year nine, six, seven, eight, about to go into year ten, so almost five years ago. So just, sorry, on that note, uh, sorry, what was your daughter's name? Keris. Keris, and when, when and where was she born? She was born in Sheffield. Okay, so this is, you'd set your own business up, you were still travelling, and then all of a sudden... This was pre-travel. This was pre-travel, and uh, when we started travelling, uh, Keris was four years old, and that week that we sold all of our stuff, we literally sold her little plastic bike from under her four-year-old butt. She was, hey. she was cycling down the road, and some guy came to buy everything, and I literally said to her, honey... <laughs> You need to get off the bike now and she was like why and i'm like because this man's gonna take it she was like well i want my bike so yeah. i can relate to that when <laughs> i was four years old we moved from uh, we were living in wembley at the time we moved from there to hong kong now i imagine Keris was the same she wasn't really involved in in the decision making process i'm guessing at no. that point, and neither was i it just happened but as it happened it was just before my birthday i believe and my parents had bought me a bike for my birthday, which then had to be sold because we were moving to Hong Kong. So I'm aware, I, I know how it feels to have your bike. Do you know, can I, can I just tell you, another, life. Can I tell you another quick story? Because actually, I think there's another story that scarred, Ker well, it scarred me actually for life more than Keris, I think. Um, a few years later, we were, were going to Tenerife for Christmas. We were taking my mum to Tenerife. Yeah, that'll scar you for life. And, uh, and so we, we, um, we'd gone to England uh, pre going over to, oh, is it Tenerife or Spain? I can't remember. Anyway, um, we were. But we went to Tenerife one Christmas and we went to Spain another. And I can't remember which one. But anyway, we um, bought Keris a scooter for Christmas, which she loved, right? It was from Father Christmas, yeah? And she was literally on it night and day. And we took it with us over to wherever we'd gone. And there was no problem. They told us to take it in our hand luggage, put it up in the, you know, luggage, whatever. And she rode it for the whole two weeks we were away. And on the way back, they would not let it let us take it through his hand luggage and said we had to check it in. And Rhett ran the length and breadth of this airport to go and check it in. And they told him he was too late. And we went back and this woman would not let us take it through and Keris was in tears and I was in tears and I was telling her that it was from Father Christmas and she was ripping a present from Father Christmas out of my daughter's ha hands and um, she still didn't let it through. Anyway, just a little story there about airport control. Which airline was that? <laughs> uh, oh God, I can't remember. Years ago. Can't remember. <laughs> going to slag them off and go and leave some nasty reviews on their website. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully they've yeah. gone under. Yeah. Probably, probably are now. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, so what do you do now? What's your current um, job? Uh, well, I, I must admit, I, I, um, 
am primarily supporting my daughter at the moment through her school life and uh, adolescence. Um, but my hobby, if you like, is um, I help people uh, online build life, what I call lifestyle businesses. So a business that you can run from anywhere in the world. So I basically blog and make videos and uh, run a little Facebook group, um, really more out of love than anything else. And I work with people who have small, um, you know, businesses that they develop out of a passion yeah so somebody who just loves health and fitness or somebody who loves making jewelry or somebody who loves their pets or whatever and I basically show them through my blogs and my videos and all the rest of it how they um, turn that into a brand how they build an audience how they utilize social media to you know grow their their brand um, and their audience and how they then turn that into um, a product how they monetize it um, and how they sell products online either physical products, digital products, sell their services, whatever. And I basically walk them through that whole process. So that's kind of what I do as a hobby. Um, the other business that we had was a business based out of Hong Kong um, and we sold um, products, e-commerce. We sold um, kitchen products, cooking products uh, that we manufactured over in China and we sold in the States um, and we've recently sold that. So my husband is currently exploring further business opportunities as we speak, although right, the climate right now, it does not lend itself to that at the moment. <laughs> but you also do podcasting as well, do you not? Yes, yes, that's part of my helping people um, build their lifestyle business. So my, my brand is called yourlifestylebusiness.com and I do a podcast called Your Lifestyle Business and I do videos and I do blog posts and yeah. So with your podcast, because obviously that's now a competitor for us. <laughs> would you, would you, Shame, hardly, it's hardly a competition, I mean. Oh, no, very true. Um, so what sort of stuff do you talk about on your podcast? Do you interview people on your Because I'm interested in the podcast stuff. So how does your podcast work? Because that's interesting to me. Yep. Okay, so there's a couple of ways. So um, first of all, I, I like to interview interesting people who have built or are building their own lifestyle business, who are traveling the world, who are working remotely, or people who have tips and tricks to share with people who want to build their lifestyle business. So people who are specialists in Facebook or Instagram or blogging or building an audience or whatever, I will interview people and question them and quiz them to find out any tips or tricks or anything that they can offer to help my audience. Um, and then other than that, I might do solo podcasts sometimes. So I'll literally just sit in my room and record um, something I've learned or something I've tried, um, something I'm experimenting with, anything that I think can help my audience. Um, and I tend to just, just, I mean, if this is of any use to you guys, if it's just me on my own, I tend to keep the podcast quite short, you know, 10, 15 minutes tops, because I think just one voice can get quite tedious. Um, and when I'm interviewing other people, then you can go up to 45 an hour, hour and a half, provided the information the other person's offering is really interesting to your audience. Yeah, no, that's pretty much how we do. I mean, our, the, Russell and I do our own when we don't have a guest. It, it's, all, it's normally a lot shorter than when we do have a guest. Yeah. Uh, that's how it kind of just pans out for Although us. Although there's two of you, though. So I, th I think having yeah. two people on a podcast is so much more interesting than one. I think one of my goals moving forward would be to find a co-host for when I'm literally just doing those solo things because two voices is always... When you're just listening to audio, two voices is so much... A discussion, a conversation is so much more interesting than a soliloquy, I guess, when you're just literally standing there talking into a microphone. Yeah, no, when, when they are silly... I don't like silly podcasts either, to be fair. <laughs> so what do you enjoy doing most with your, because you say this is more of a hobby for you, so do you enjoy doing the videos, the podcasting, or the, the what, what part of your hobby do you enjoy doing the most? I think my favorite thing is the engaging with other people. So I just love chatting and talking to other people. So whether that be in the Facebook group, people asking questions, me responding, talking to them, getting people on Facebook lives, interviewing them, chatting with them about their business and what they're doing. Um, like last week, for instance, I've got some friends who um, a few years ago took one of our courses when I used to sell courses um, and they followed our course and they're now traveling the world, running their own Amazon e-commerce business. And they're now hearing 
Phuket. They came over for the wedding and then they chose to stay here during the current situation. They didn't want to go back to the UK. Um, and then all the borders and everything closed anyway, so they kind of got stuck. Um, and the uh, son, Dan, who's 28, he's just building his new brand called Wondering Worthy, which is a travel brand which will take off once everything returns to normal. And so having him here one-to-one -one for us to jump on a Facebook Live last week into my Facebook group and talk about talk about all the different ways he can monetize that brand how he can grow that brand um, and uh, you know and build that into a, a nice profitable business for him over the next couple of years um, discussing that throwing ideas at him having that discussion and then getting into the group and talking with all of my audience it really that's what it's the whole engagement for me it's the engagement you know I'm not a, the one thing about running an online business which which I can struggle with anybody can struggle with is that a lot of it's you on your own mm. um, and I'm a real people person so I, d I do miss the, that real sort of interaction with people so I try and get as much of it as I can online through experiences like this I like I love this I'll get off this call now and I'll be on a real high for the rest of the day because I've had chat with you guys it's been fun we've interacted we've engaged it's something I love to do so you just you just hit the nail on the head for what I was going to ask you next about in terms of having this online this online presence and obviously we're drawing this out of you. you don't strike us like a chatty person in the slightest <laughs> <laughs> the problem that the three of us I, I would share is that we have individualistic businesses, so our engagement with others is in some ways limited. Yes. Um, so, but we're all people, people, and we like that engagement. So, how do you find that as a struggle? Well, obviously, Jay isn't. He's a fucking hermit. But <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't be with his personality. I've told him before. <laughs> no, you you are right, Joe. Joe and I have had many discussions about my life. And Joe has tried to help me. Unfortunately, like, um, I just don't listen. You just need to, you, oh, oh, I shouldn't say it publicly, but you need to believe in yourself more because you're such a talented person. And I just don't no, think you not. see that. He's just a twat. Just be honest, Joe. <laughs> and you clearly have a really good support network. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, my only friend in this whole damn world. And do you know what I found out actually a couple of weeks back, Joe? Is Russell, who I thought was my only friend. I'm now not even his number one friend. Fat Rob is his number one friend, not oh. even me. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's, Fat Rob. that's terrible. I don't even know who Fat Rob is. No, I don't know. Who <laughs> Fat, no one knows who Fat Rob is. He's some <laughs> creature that Russell's made up to make me feel Seeing as, we're, seeing as the Skype thing is going well, I'll see if he wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> yes. Next week, Fat Rob, there'll right, be a, a Skype fight. <laughs> I'll have a little chat. <laughs> Jay and Nobby face off. <laughs> uh, Joe, we are actually, we, we, we're coming to, we're not, I mean, I'm very happy to, to chat to you more, but yeah, we are, we're getting to a 42 minute odd mark. Uh, just a couple more things. So you say you want to, well, we'll probably get into the, the, the bucket list, actually. I guess we're going to come on to that now. Um, what? Oh, God, Russell, look. Joe's got notes. I wrote it. Well, listen, I dug this out specifically for this podcast. I wrote this when I was in my 20s. I've got dates and deadlines on it that have all passed. And wow. some, I, some I've done and some I haven't done. And I, I, I thought I'd pick a few out for this podcast. as a bit okay. of fun. For those I love deadlines. Those deadlines are fantastic. You know what the best thing about a deadline is? The sound it makes as it goes whoosh <laughs> and pop. on the podcast, Joe has just picked up about 54 bits of paper. Um, I mean, that's the long, I mean, that's the longest bucket. That's not a bucket list. That's, I, I mean, that's a Bible, is it not? I mean, some are, some are highlighted. Highlighted as well. Right, okay, so ladies and gentlemen, that was a 45-minute podcast. Sit back for the next hour as Joe goes through each and every one of her bucket list items. Joe, yes. to you, go. Take one from uh, each page. No, I was going to say, I'll just pick a few. <laughs> so <laughs> um, some of the ones that I've done are to spend New Year in Sydney, watching the Sydney fireworks. Um, to uh, scuba dive off the Great Barrier Reef. Remember, I wrote these in my 20s, you know, when so I didn't even know what travel was. Oh, I've got a blister look. wonder what that's from. You can tell we're... <laughs> <a blister look. laughs> You're in isolation, aren't you? I don't want that picture in my head right now. <laughs> these are ones <laughs> you've already... Sorry, these bucket lists, these are ones you've already achieved? Yes. Okay, so, okay, fair enough. Yes. 
So scuba diving off the Great Barrier Reef, getting married on the beach. Well, hey. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, what else have I done? Um, oh, hot air balloon. That was actually over Egypt, but I did, I did it over Bagan in Myanmar. Um, watched the Epcot fireworks with the man of my dreams. Did that. Well, I wasn't um, there. Where was I? <laughs> um, oh, be a size 12. God, I haven't bloody achieved that for years. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Uh, go sh oh, no, I won't say that one. Um, go no, to no, 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 no. I don't want to do that anymore because I, I, I never used to be conscious of animal cruelty and now I am, so I don't want to do that one anymore. Oh, you were going to be a hunter. You wanted to go hunting. <gasps> no, I wanted to go shark fishing, actually. Oh, that's okay. You can catch some sharks. Yeah, but no, I don't want to do that one. Um, okay, so let's see. Um, I'd like to host a party on a yacht is something that I said in my 20s. Um, I'm not sure I want to do that any anymore, to be honest with you. Oh, drive a race car around a Grand Prix track. Now, I didn't actually do it, but I did get into a race car with Stig around the around the, um, the Top Gear racetrack in the UK for my birthday a couple of years ago. Who was Stig? I don't know. He had a helmet on. <laughs> And it probably wasn't the Stig. It was a guy with a helmet on pretending to be Stig as part of the Grand Prix experience. <laughs> what, what um, car, do, you, do you remember what car it was? A fast one. <laughs> it was red. No, it was the one. It was um, the bigger version of the one that James Bond used to drive. DB8. Oh, DB9. It was an Aston Martin. It yeah. was an Aston Martin. Yes. Yes. I know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, okay, so okay. you've done all these things. What what things? What would be some of your top non-achieved, not done yet bucket list items? I wanted to star in a music video. <laughs> Joey and I can help you with that. Like Duran Duran, like you know Rio Rio. I always, I used to love Duran Duran, the Rio music video, and I always I wanted to be in the background. Go and she dances on the sand, and then they do a video of her dance on a boat, which I never got that part. I mean, if you dance on the sand, they're on a yacht. But every time I get on a yacht, I have to go to the front of that boat, put my arms out and sing Rio. Every boat I get on. Do you? Tail. Everyone. <laughs> well, we should get some video well, of that next time. When we're allowed out, Joe, when we're not being cooped up in isolation. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do a music video with you on roller skates. Ooh. Next one. <laughs> Make a note of that, Russ. <laughs> oh, mate, it's all going to end in tears. Um, okay, funnily enough, one of my bucket list items is to go paintballing. I've never been paintballing. How mad is that? I've never, ever been paintballing. Fair enough. I mean, it's, uh, it's hard. I, I, well, okay, we'll organise it. it... <laughs> um, I want to go to Tibet. I've never been to Tibet. I think it, I think I might have written that after I saw the film Seven Years in Tibet with Brad Pitt. Yeah. yeah. So I think I may have written that then. I want to drive across America in a convertible. What if it rains? Get well, wet. Yeah. I may have done that after I saw um oh god, another Brad Pitt film. What's that um, one with the two women? What's the one with the two women that turn Thelma into Yes, sorry, Thelma and Louise. Yes. I probably wrote that one after Which that. Which one is Brad Pitt, Thelma or Louise in that movie? <laughs> No, he's the young lad that... That, oh, that was kind of his up. breakout film, wasn't it, really? It was a breakout film, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, have a flat stomach. Never achieved that. Um, learn to street dance. I mean, I'm not being <laughs> old. I love you, Joe. Street. Those are two different things. Hold on, Russ. How many have you got, Joe? Because, I mean, the, it, it was 45 minutes an hour ago. <laughs> I've got loads. Go to the Seven Wonders of the World, bungee Which jump one? off the bridge Which in New Zealand, see gorillas in live habitat, dance with a tribe in Africa, cruise up the Nile. I've done that. I've cruised up the Nile. Um, be a published author, um, direct a movie, parachute. I don't want to do that anymore. Why not? Um, I just really don't want to do that anymore. I'm totally over that. <laughs> Have you ever parachuted? I don't yeah, know. No, uh, skydiving is on my list. Yeah, no, I don't want to do that. 
Anyway, yeah, so lots of, lots of those are not applicable anymore. Now I just want to travel the world, have, have more travel experiences. And can I just mention, I really would like to, um, over the years, when we when I'm sort of, Keris has grown up a bit and I can spend more full time on my business, raise mass awareness to micro lending to women in developing countries um, who um, build businesses to transform their villages and their lives. And you can, people can, it's basically like crowdfunding um micro lending and you can go and lend these women like 25 50 100 bucks and it helps them to build these little businesses in their villages that just completely transform their lives so having been to cambodia and places like that and seeing um you know firsthand how some of these these uh these women live it, i would love to become somebody who can promote that and really raise some mass awareness with that through all of my online skills over the years sorry just to jump in on that because it, it sounds pretty cool but when you say Micro lending, the micro is obviously you can do small amounts, five, 10, 15, $20 and what have you. Great, because more of the masses can afford that. But how does it work from, from their part? So if they've been lent all this money, by definition, they've got to pay it back. Yep, they do. So it's really well done. So basically, it works through NGOs in the different countries. Um, and there's a company called Kiva.org. If people want to check it out, it's called Kiva.org. They specialize in it. And what they do is they, um, they go and they find um, and vet NGOs that they want to work with. Um, and uh, all of the money, every single penny that you lend gets through to the person that's asking for the loan. And then they have to repay it. Um, and they have to repay it with a little bit of interest as well. So as they grow their business, um, and as they build, um, they then start to repay the loan and uh, and they do it. A lot of them do it as communities. So a lot of these women in these villages get together as big communities of, of women and they form these big groups. And so a big group of women will work on one woman's business and grow that until that becomes, and then they'll all work on another person, another, and then it goes around like that and they all help each other and the money gets paid. And rather than you taking the money back out, what you do is you leave the money in there and it gets lent to somebody else. Yeah, 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 sure. So all of a sudden you're creating in this ripple effect and your 125 50 100 bucks whatever you choose can now be lent to can now help transform hundreds of, of people's lives rather than just one and um I, I was looking at a micro lending organization the other day can't remember their name but they had such a good tagline and it was giving a hand up not a handout which i thought was great Sweet. okay and you can't remember the name of the company um <laughs> no but but Kiva.org is the company to go to anyway because they have just got so much vetting and all the rest of it in in process. Could you just spell this Kiva.org for a dyslexic person? I'll try to write a notes down. I don't how do you spell it? K-I-V-A.org. <coughs> okay. We'll put that in a link in the description. All right, Miss Barnes, yeah. is there anything else that you wish to promote while you're here? Uh, I think I'd just like to say to your audience listening, if they're currently, is it, you're right there, Jay, yeah, is that, I've, is I've that a dry cough? Yeah. <laughs> you got a temperature? No, honestly, the problem is, no, I'll be honest, I've got, I've had my, my little monsters have been staying with me for last week, so they're actually in the lounge at the moment watching, I don't know what they're watching, hopefully nothing bad, <laughs> and Ashton, Ashton had a cough for about three weeks before this whole thing went mental, and now every time I have a little cough, I'm thinking, oh, I got it. And I'm testing and I'm, I'm really worried because my little kids, they get, they got runny noses. Is that, honestly. Okay. You do know that stress that does um, ruin your immune system though. You need to try and, you know, stay calm. Oh, that's okay. Because if, if there's anyone that I don't have to worry about when it comes to stress, it's Jay. So <laughs> we're okay with that. Oh, I'm not, I'm not stressed. As a consultant with two small children. That's about to be told that oh we don't need your consultant anymore for the next month or so. Yeah, I'm really not stressed. Yeah. Can I recommend Calm? It's an app on your phone. It's, oh, it's meditation. It's you know, it's calm mindset. It, <sighs> breathing exercises, listening to music, lovely voice in your ear. That's fine. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's my calm. <laughs> or oh, that is also an option, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just like to say to anybody listening that if they're at home and they are finding themselves a bit frustrated and a bit bored, if you have a side hustle in you, now is the time to explore that option. For if sure. you think, if you, if there's ever, if you've ever had a bit of a hankering to do something on your own, you know, if you have a bit of a passion and you want to turn it into profits, now is the time. You're at home, you're not allowed out, so explore those options. There are so many people online, so many resources you can go and look up to learn how to build a side 
hustle from home and take control of your destiny. That's what I say to all of my people. Take control. Um, and uh, check me out on yourlifestylebusiness.com. And if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yeah, just go to my blog, yourlifestylebusiness.com, um, or come and join my Facebook group. Um, if they just type in Your Lifestyle Business um, and look for groups on Facebook, you'll come and find me. Um, and that's where there's a big group of like-minded entrepreneurs all on a similar journey, having lots of fun. Sweet. Joe Barnes, you have been amazing. I'm pleased we did this. I'm very pleased we did this. It was very good. And um, no, thank you very much. It was a great, I mean, just the butlings alone. Yeah. <laughs> we peaked very early. <laughs> we did peak early. All right, so thank you, guys. No worries. But, but I'm going to stop recording and then we're going to take it. I just need a screenshot of us all. And um, yeah, but, but Joe, thank you very much. We'll put all the links in the description below. So get hold of Joe because she's an amazing person. And yes, she does prep talk, pep talk me all the time, and I should listen to her more. And I don't, and I'm, I apologise about that. But your wedding was amazing, by the way. I really Thank enjoyed you. that, apart from erasure. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing wrong with erasure. You, know, you, you need to play this out with that song now, Jay. You yes. know that. Yes. <laughs> All right, I will do. I'll go and do it now. Thanks, Joe. Talk to you soon. Bye. Are you there? Yeah, that was a good one, huh? I enjoyed that. That was fun. She's a real amazing... I do like Joe. She's always been very supportive of me. She's always put her arm around me when I've needed it. And she has always tried to, um, to tell me that I need to believe in myself more and do more. And, and, and No, she's a very top chick. Top chick. I love the... I mean, the butt, like I said, the Butlins thing has made it for me. End of. End of <laughs> conversation. Butlins is fantastic. I was impressed with that. I was rather impressed, if not slightly concerned, about the 17,000-page booklet on bucket list items. Yeah, that was a bit much, to be fair. Although fair play, it's good to have a, it's good to have these little targets in mind and things to check off the list. Because if you've got a list of things to do, whether it's bucket list, work things, whatever it is, it does feel good. And I've got this is my sort of shit to do list here for work. And when you tick stuff off and think, yeah, I've done that, it does always feel pretty good. Yeah, I'm not very good at that, and I should do it more. I write lists and then I lose them and write another list and then lose them and then write another list. Anyway, how are you doing with all this uh, craziness that's going on? Are we, are we gonna? Should we just mention it quickly and just say let's all be friends? Yeah, um, my view is, like a couple of weeks ago, if I'm being honest, it was a bit darker because we're sitting there going, I've and like for me with opening this new facility, which is now just sitting here, it was all a bit like, fuck. <clears throat> Whereas now it's a bit like, fuck it, we're all in the same sinking boat. We might as well just wait and see. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it is. There's nothing anyone can do anywhere to, to fix it. It's not like we're not doing the right things. It's just this is it for everyone. So we've just got to, you know what, write it out as best we can. And so, what and, we will. Uh, but no, I think that, that, we, I, I think that we, we should do another recording. If this one works well, and I'll go and do the editing tonight and get this out. If this works well, we'll try to do a few more, a, a couple a week. Just to give people something to do. I think that's the important thing is, is, you know, it's frustrating that you're at home and got nothing to do apart from try to homeschool two kids, get food for two kids, do my work, tidy up, do some planting, do my composting. Yeah. <laughs> I compost the other day. Anyway, look, um, I'm getting into stop motion animation, which we're going to do our own little Russell and Jay stop motion animation movie. Um, I've got some ideas for that. You, you asked me to remind you about something about broken glass and your... <laughs> you want to tell that story before we go? Oh, no, it's very quick. It's kind of cool. So my nephew is... Oh, we, see, the cool thing with the whole Skype thing is if this works, this expands our opportunity to go global in terms of bringing in other people for interviews because they can be absolutely anywhere to do that, which is fantastic. So anyway, my nephew, who is 19... Yeah, 19. Um, and he's used to play a lot of rugby, goes to the gym. He's, he's pretty zip, pretty fit. So I've been, we're back and forth on WhatsApp every now and again. I sent him a few workouts for him to try because now he's locked at home. He can't get to the gym and it's doing his head in. He's like, oh, I need some ideas. So I've sent him some ideas of things that he can do. <clears throat> so I messaged him last night and said, mate, um, here's another workout for you to, to try. He came back and said, yeah, I'll give that a crack later on. Right now, mum's got me cleaning the windows. I said, oh, I can help you with that. Just clean one of the windows, put a little bit too much pressure on, not too much that you break the window, but just enough you get a good crack. 
And then you can go back to one and say, oh, look, I'm really sorry, I just cracked a window, but at least she's not going to make you clean the windows again. Brilliant. <laughs> Wake up this morning, I had, a, I had a message from my brother-in-law saying, thanks for the advice to Gregor with a picture of a cracked window. So you actually got him to break a window, Russell. <laughs> that is epic. Uh, that is epic uncle points right there. Uh, that makes you the favourite uncle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Russell, I hope you're doing well. Let's uh, look. Um, I didn't know what to say then. I went all mumbly. Um, it's been great. It's been emotional. See you next week. Well, we'll probably see you before that. Let's try to, if this works, then I'll give you a shout later. <laughs> if, if this doesn't work, then bugger. <laughs> <laughs> But if it does work, then yeah, we'll, we'll see we do more. Look, Russell, thank you very much, my friend. Um, if they want to get hold of you for any dog advice, do you want to give out your number so people can call you if their dogs are at home and don't know what to do? Uh, 091-654-1960. Or alternatively, and perhaps better, just go onto the Facebook page, Canine Point Academy, and reach me through there. Fair enough. Yes. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Thanks, mate. I'll talk to you soon, okay? It's like Bye. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. Bye.